I'm Riker, and this is Pilot. Rise and grind. You're listening to Morning Wood with El Perro on Q109.1. Actually, you're listening to Pilots, the podcast, with your hosts, Riker and Shmi. Shmi and Riker. I'm Riker. And I'm Shmi. But you already knew that. Yeah, we did that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just trying to figure out how to get from my uh, embodying the El Perro character and back into the zone. You're so method. <laughs> I am so... Thank you very much. We're watching uh, Made, Made for, for Love. Love. Oh, nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. And it is on our HBO Max showdown. Uh, where we watch shows to decide whether we should cancel or keep HBO Max. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you nailed it. Nailed it. We got another shorty today. Yeah. Minutes, because so nice. Because it's Wednesday. For us. <laughs> <laughs> it could be any day for you. Yeah, I don't. What, I don't care. I'm not. I don't judge. I don't care. Yeah. Um. All right. So HBO Max describes made for love thusly. Thusly. When her tech billionaire husband wants to implant a revolutionary monitoring chip in her brain, Hazel Green escapes her toxic marriage and takes refuge with her estranged father, Herbert. And you found that on HBO Max? That's HBO Max, the app on my phone. Because it sounds... Mm, paraphrased from the episode description. It's there is very little difference. Totally the same, yeah. Okay. Episode 1. Season 1, Episode 1, User 1. Described thusly, After learning she will be the involuntary subject of her husband's latest piece of technology, Hazel Green flees her 10-year marriage and winds up in the most unexpected place, her estranged father, Raymond's house. Herbert's house. <laughs> but everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> Although maybe not because, okay, um, very mm. last scene, we come mm. in on him loving something inanimate. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, she, yeah, when we meet um, Raymond, I mean, sorry, Herbert, plays by Ray Romano, uh, we also meet Kristen Milioti's stepmom. Are you referring to the doll? Yeah. Okay, that's actually not where we first saw them. You missed them in a flashback of her childhood. So we saw him then. Was that Ray? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize. He's yeah. so old now. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so now that we've spoiled the ending. I mean, I, I was pretty vague about it. I think, I think that's a great... You know, it's really in the style of the show because we come into it with her escaping. That's And then everything from there is a flashback of what she's escaping from, the days leading up to... Can we hit the commercial first? Sure. They actually made an interesting creative choice, which is that we got the commercial before we even got the HBO Max vanity card, which usually you get the HBO Max. Absolutely. And then it comes into the show. So this started with a commercial um, advertising Google Industries or whatever Google's proper yeah. name is, which is... Google uh, Tech. Google Tech. Is it yeah. Brian or Byron Google? Byron. I thought it was Byron too. I spelled that wrong. Uh, Byron Google. Played by that creepy guy who's always a creep in everything that he's in. Billy Magnuson. Yeah. Shout out, Billy. Come oh, on Billy. the show. <laughs> <laughs> Come on the show, but keep it on Zoom. I don't want to be in a room with you, you creepy creep. <laughs> yeah, here's a guy who is like, like he's, I don't know what it is. He's mm, one little tiny bit of X Factor ingredient, I guess, away from being a leading man. Because when he's first presented, he's usually 
whenever I see him, it's usually like, oh, there's a guy who I would easily accept as a leading man. And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you got all creepy again. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's got like a creepy smile that turns women off or or if it's the roles that he likes or if he's just a straight up sociopath. So it comes to him naturally because he's not method enough. Everybody was typecast, just like everyone else. <laughs> yeah, he does some creep ass thing and then somebody calls him and says, hey, they need a real creep ass. Once you do creepy really well once, I think that they just kind of keep calling you to do the creepy. You give everyone the creeps, man. You're the top of our list. Never seen the governor again. From <laughs> Never seen the governor again from The Walking Dead. I, I don't know who that is. I haven't seen The Walking Dead. Totally creepy-ass, creep-ass motherfucker, the governor. Okay. Oh. You'll never see him unless you watch the show. <laughs> yeah, no, I've uh, it's been on my list, but... Eh. There's so much TV out there, and it's there's really, so much to catch up on. Although there are spinoff series now, right? There's one that I know of, uh, Fear of the Walking Dead. Weird yeah. thing about The Walking Dead is, as uh, legendary as it is, it's really just not a very good show. Mm. Like it's not oh, good. Cool. You, the characters are always gnawing at your patience. Um, like everybody dies, and by the time they do, you're usually grateful. Okay, so to our listeners who do like Walking Dead, I'm really on the fence, and Riker and I have very different taste in TV, as it turns out. So if you feel like it's great, please tell me why I should watch <laughs> it, because it's a lot to watch, and, uh, you know, I don't want to sign up for it if I don't have to. <laughs> like, I only want to watch it if it's, like, the best thing out there. Yeah. Legendary, like I said, it deserves some uh, real uh, laudation, louding, um uh, back slapping. I don't know. It's there's something about it that's like got this charm, but it's just it's just not that good. Yeah. Anyway. Well, <laughs> listeners, let us know. Pilots the podcast at gmail.com. Uh, all right. So we meet Brian Gogol uh, in a advertisement before the episode actually starts. Yes. Uh, and he talks about the new technology, basically the made for love technology that's going to unite couples in a way that couples have never been united before. Yeah, it's for a changed world, evolving love. R- okay, right. Yeah, and he mentions yeah. like we're we're you know we made your phones, we made this, mm-hmm. we made that, like we know everything about you. Yeah. Uh, so now we have this new thing. It's pretty vague. I even say by the end of the episode, we're not really clear on what it is, other than it's a chip that's probably in our brain. Yeah. But that's the most I know about it. They show us like an image of what the chip actually looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, in this commercial. Uh, anyway, commercial ends, HBO Max. Then we're in the show. We meet her, like really meet her, Hazel Green or Hazel Gogol um, or the mother, uh, as I referred to her on my yellow card. Because she is the mother on How I Met Your Mother. Spoilers, yes. that it's not Robin if you haven't watched it all the way through. <laughs> Oopsie. And she's so good. I feel like she just skyrocketed to fame. Yeah. After How I Met Your Mother. And that was an area where you expected that when you finally met the mother, it would be a huge letdown. And I feel mm-hmm. like the world loved her. She was, she. was You couldn't pick someone better, even yeah. though you didn't get her for very long. Uh, yeah, she was amazing. Neither did Ted. <laughs> oh, wow. It was dark, man. Well, it was a dark episode. And it's dark in here. Um, <laughs> and Brian Hiding Gogol gives me the creeps, and he's so method. And Okay, so um, she, well... Quick uh, connection to How I Met Your Mother. I notice that every time I see her, she they set her up to sing, mm-hmm, which I'm do. glad because I love it. Yeah, she's got an amazing voice. Yeah, and there's an episode, a late uh, tenth season episode of How I Met Your Mother, in which she sings uh, "Lovey and Rose" on a ukulele, and it's I, in my opinion, the best episode of How I Met Your Mother. 
And uh, so to have her show up as the star of anything, um, that's usually enough to get my attention, uh, to count me in. Yeah. So we meet her. She's in the desert in water. Yeah. She's, uh, so I wrote down, she's crawling out of a random ass water hole and has clearly escaped. She gets out and... She doesn't even successfully. It looked like something freaking drags her back in, <laughs> and the concrete-looking door, like it is heavy door, hits her in the head, and she's fuck out. And then she comes back out. She finally scrambles out of there, and she's looking ragged. She's in this like green sequin thing, and she party is, dress. Oh yeah, clubbing, streaking mascara and eyeliner. Ever she looks so fucked up, and you start noticing that like her head's bleeding. She's got a head wound. She's gashed her. Her hair is like painted to her and she turns over to the building and flips him off. So it's like, okay, clearly an escape here. This is, she is on her way out. Uh, and then she meets El Perro from Q109.1. Uh, really quick, something I wanted to mention before we move on to that. Um, mm-hmm. She was the person in the commercial. So it wasn't just a commercial about this new tech. It specifically featured the owner, Byron, and his wife, um, which is like mega creepy. What's that? That is Messenger. Was it in our heads? Don't think so. Yeah, I mean, it, oh. it was in our heads, not in... Not the, out loud, okay. Yeah. Uh, so it was really creepy that he featured her in the commercial. Um, and the other thing I kind of wanted to note about it is... I wonder when this commercial was, um, I guess, recorded. Because it wouldn't have been with her knowledge, as we find out through the course of the episode. Um, if you think about the fact that the it, this is what it led with, was, you know... Anyway, something to think on as we get close through the episode, because I think that this is something to look back on. But I, I don't th- I'll be anxious to see. I don't think that there was anything suspect about the commercial. I do. And that's why I wanted to kind of. No, I hear you. Bring it up and then talk about it in that part of the episode where it makes sense. Because oh, I don't okay. want to. Yeah, I don't want to jumble our episode. But to me, there's a reason to dog ear this. OK. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. So I'll be curious to hear what that is because yeah. I might have missed something. No, absolutely. So uh, we now we're at whatever point in the show we are in. Now we're jumping around a little bit. Uh, we get a flashback to her as a kid at some point uh, with her very middle-class parents. Now she lives with this billionaire husband. Yeah, we got a flashback to the sex scene. That was our immediate flashback, yep. too. Which oh, is, it was all, yeah, it was it all was flashback. Recorded. It was a really creepy scene between the two of them. Um it was not sexual. It was not sexual. He's going down on her. And I mean, there are sex noises. You see the sexual expressions. Um, I mean, like she does all of the textbook. This is what you do when you have the big O moments. And, and thinking about it, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she is. She's got it, though. She's, she's got very, it down. She's she method. knows. Yeah. <laughs> so and it's creepy because, you know, he finishes his job with her uh, because he's going down on her and she goes oh you know do you want me to you know are are you good do you want and he's just like nope kind of brushes her off i'm gonna go swimming and she just kind of like it was just this weird exchange of like nope this was purely transactional um this is a chore i needed to check it off my list you know that's i wanted to make sure that my you know golf game was still good basically you're the one who matters is what he said which didn't make sense to me until later uh, it's because it was in reference to Zelda when he said, I'm going to go swim with Zelda. Because I thought it was a mistress when he references, oh, yeah, I'm going to go swim with Zelda. And I was like, oh, fuck. Is she like, is there another woman? I, I think there's a connection here that, that wasn't clear at the time that I, I connected later. Mm-hmm. L- later when she is watching 
she's playing some video game uh, or piloting a drone and landing it or something. I think she's actually playing a video game. Yeah. On a joystick. And the screen keeps getting interrupted with, uh, what is it? Orgasm review. Yes. Orgasm review. Yeah. Right, and she keeps clearing it. And then we go back to that orgasm and mm-hmm. ask her to rank one to five several categories about that orgasm. Yeah, five di- or four different categories. Yeah, which she scores 20 out of 20. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know what this is still, yeah. what exactly the orgasm review is. But when he says earlier, when it happens, you're the one who matters. I feel like what he's saying is, no, 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 I don't need the sex. We need to do this for you because there's some study that's going on. We're not mm-hmm. studying me. You're the one who matters. Hmm. Okay. So I no, think it's sense. in reference to the project. Ew. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And she just sort of lives this, like she lives this life as a billionaire's wife in which she could do anything. But yeah. you feel like she just sort of hangs around their mansion space cube all day long. Oh, I mean, they specifically say, yeah, she's been nothing there to 10 do. years inside this hub, which is that even the real sky? We find out like <laughs> how artificial is are her surroundings? Because I mean, she has... I mean, nothing's real. Right. She couldn't... I mean, there was a quote later. This is the first time in years that I've seen real money, and she's holding a coin. Yeah. Now, it's the the cube. I don't know that we get much on that. He's got this sort of imaginary world. Did they call it a hub? Yeah. His um, environment, I guess, if you will. His his compound, even. Um, yeah. He called it... A, they called it a hub. They haven't left the hub. Right. So it seems to be, it's artificial sky, it's an artificial world, mm-hmm. it's artificial climate. The door opens in a really interesting kind of visual when the door opens. That leads me to believe, do they leave the hub and go into like their actual back patio? Like it's daytime in the hub, seems like maybe it's evening outside. I think hub. the hub is the entire spot that he owns because she's never left it before yeah. then, which tells me it's not something she, you know, she never leaves it. So we, we don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. How separate that is. I think think it's his entire, yeah, his ecosystem there. So there's this fake world that he lives in. It reminds me of the Truman Show where they have this little globe that he lives in. Yeah. And you don't go past this point. Um, So this is a good point to review the genre. I think we're far enough into the episode description. It's such a weird show Mm -hmm. that now that we're we're meeting the weird fake world that we're in a little bit, how... How would you describe the tone of this show? Um, honestly, it really reminded me of kind of a refreshed version of Dollhouse conceptually. Um, just that it's it's kind of sci-fi and futuristic in something that couldn't quite happen because obviously I, I just don't think that technology you know could exist to make it happen, but. You know, it's presented in a way that, hey, this very, it's almost dystopian. Like, hey, this could happen. So it raises the ethical dilemma of this thing. Um, this one has much less of the, I'm not seeing any positive sides. I'm seeing like, hey, you know, be enslaved uh, yeah. to another person, you know, lose your identity. I've got like the specific pure union is what they were calling it, which Ugh. is where you completely synchronize identities, which is like, oh, gross. <laughs> May the <laughs> like, Lord open. Yeah, right. I mean, the whole relationship thing, you want the healthiest relationships are where you are two independent people who form a relationship together. You are not two halves of an actual whole. That is so dysfunctional beyond. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 well, I'm, I'm ruminating on this one idea and it's not, it's not a well asked question. Mm-hmm. So let me delineate the, the two, uh, concepts here. Uh, what would you call the genre? 
And, or, you know, would you say that that's what you're I would say that it was a futuristic, dystopian future. Okay. So I wrote down light sci-fi, dark comedy. Um, oh. Light sci-fi hmm. in that it's, you know, like a very near future. Sort of an alternative, a future, but sort of an alternative reality in which it's not um, Jeff Zuckergates. It's Byron Gogol. Yeah. So this could be modern it could be five years from now. It could be, yeah. Yeah, it could be 30 years from now. It doesn't seem like it would be that far. It seems like we're pretty much where, you know, in our current time, we're just a little bit of, a forward of that. And we've just sort of melded all the billionaire moguls into one person, uh, which makes for... And there's a Netflix show that came to mind, mm-hmm. which was Maniac, with... Uh, uh, Jonah Hill and mm-hmm, I did see that one. Yeah, where uh, it was and Emma Stone. Emma Stone, where it was like a little bit funny, but super dark, very but, dark, but kind of. And the the dystopian future seems like it's really bleak, and mm-hmm. then you see other parts of it, and then think, well, I don't know, nothing really horrific ever happens. Yeah, um, I would say I was surprised by your use of the word comedy, even with the word dark in it. I laughed, but only at things because they were absurd. I laughed when she axed the guy in the hand, and I wouldn't say that they did it for comedic, sorry, for comedic purposes whatsoever. It seemed completely like a fuck. This is what you would do. I thought they made it. I thought they embellished it and made it pretty funny. I thought Lloyd's response was it Lloyd? Lyle's response was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. So now this was my other question, which you actually just gave me the answer that I was that I didn't know how to ask it. Yeah, absurd. Because I had fished around for, is it fantastical? No, 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 not at all. That's totally wrong. Is it absurdist? And I thought, well, from an artistic, uh, in talking about art, like I don't know what absurdist really means, but absurd was the was the word that I kind of wanted to use. And you just used it. So the tone of it, to me, was sort of an absurd comedy. Like, mm. it's dark. The comedy, the points that I thought were funny are dark. Yeah. Um, and it's just sort of absurd where the things that are funny about it really wouldn't be funny about it, juxtaposed against the backdrop of this light sci-fi, sort of modern-day, near-future dystopia, um, the tone of it was absurd. So, I'm only thinking of two scenes where I would think that it's even kind of comedic I guess and I wouldn't even call it comedic like you could laugh at it but I don't think that it was the intent so um, and those two scenes are Lyle screaming which thinking about it that would be how I scream if you axed off multiple fingers like sorry and it didn't seem like they were playing it slapsticky even it was just like a fuck this is you know um, so I didn't feel like like maybe it's extreme but it didn't feel like they were doing it for laughs um, and then the other one that came to mind was the very last scene where um, Hazel makes it home and, you know, she walks in on Ray Romano, who is fucking a sex doll. And <laughs> to me, that felt like maybe a comedic relief, but not like a comedy still. So like, you know, in any drama, you're going to get a couple jokes cracked, but I wouldn't call it a comedy. So I would totally disagree with that. Um, obviously, you feel how you feel about it, but I don't feel the like music, that's not- though. What did you think of the score? It was so oh, weird. It was supposed to be eerie, I thought, like unsettling. Mm. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I took it as very unsettling, like, look. So there's one thing I wanted to point out from our review of um, more. I'm going to elaborate on that a little bit more in a second, but it's it's making me think of this part of both of the uh, series review, or not review, series description and the episode description. Um, in the episode description, 
Hazel Green flees her 10-year marriage. This is the second. I'll just reread the whole thing. After yeah. learning she will be the involuntary subject of her husband's latest piece of technology, Hazel Green flees her 10-year marriage and winds up in the most unexpected place, her estranged father, Herbert's house. Why is that so unexpected? Why would it be so unexpected that in danger she would run to her family? I did find that weird. That's a good point. Um, So something that I did not realize until... So I kind of prematurely wrote down my couch points for this thinking like mm-hmm. oh that really makes sense like I, I I feel the sci-fi thing coming on like that makes sense I know like the premise of what we're working with but the father part was so fucking weird because yeah. they made it sound like she just woke up there like I just took it as okay she's gonna black out at some point and she's gonna wake up here and she's not gonna understand why she's here like why else oh, would they word it like this how did I how did I end up here yeah how did she end yeah, up here it's, exactly it's whimsical it has this whimsical kind of description she and then she arrives at the the most uh enchanting surprising unexpected place her estranged father herbert's house which i think is also a little bit why i i feel like it's comedic where mm-hmm. where uh, something about the way they said that um oh pfft. I, I will say I wouldn't put too much on the uh, <laughs> Quotey Fingers copywriter over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that and uh, another moment that you would reference the two moments when the big metal thing falls on her head when she's trying to escape. Oh, And the fuck! Yeah. Fucking fuck! Ouch! Mm, fuck. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. It was things like that that also oh. went on too long. It does say it's a comedy there series. There you go. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. I would not have taken it as such. So being exposed to the sex doll, and I would actually, I wonder this. We'll never know for sure, but mm-hmm. I wonder. I found the music haunting, bizarre, haunting, quirky, mm, maybe, and hilarious. I thought the musical beats fit the weird, dark, absurd sense of humor that I detective detected, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm wondering if one heard the music and thought, "Ooh, this is really eerie," mm-hmm. and one heard it and thought, "That is so quirky." Mm-hmm. If that would uh, reflect, if that would alter your feeling of the tone yeah. of the show, maybe. And that's like I said, it'll be a that's a psychological discussion that we're unqualified to talk about. <laughs> Thank goodness, yeah. Okay. Now, uh, so genre, uh, yeah. I thought I took dark comedy. I took um, the other points that I made yeah. light sci-fi. No, I thought good. it established it really effectively and pretty quickly. Well, yeah, out of the gate. Yeah, definitely. Was I it? totally missed the dark comedy thing apparently. <laughs> so um, I still feel like it was all there though. So I just didn't put together that it was a comedy. But it's, again, 30 minutes, and it has a lot of concept to put in here, and I feel like that all I have really well. So, I don't know. I'm not going to... I still give it a pass. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. I was going to say, even <laughs> though we disagree on some of our interpretation, do absolutely. you pass it? So, Definitely. Yeah, I absolutely pass it. I was really uh, kind of enamored with it. Uh, mm-hmm. And before we move forward to discuss the characters, which we're sort of in the process of... Um, let's finally score let's, those couch points. Let's <laughs> bump some couch points on it as bitch. Okay, well, so I would like to uh, give... Let's see here. Well, the problem is the series description and episode description are basically the same. I would give them 25 points because I feel like they effectively communicated the plot and genre. However, the dad thing was just kind of a curveball. Otherwise, I would have given it like a 50 even. Yeah. But it was just like, what the fuck is that? And there's no com- like comedic part in there. So, you know, 25 there. 
but I did want to dock it negative 1,000 points for no serious description. If I am looking for a show because I want to know if I should cancel or keep HBO Max, shouldn't you tell me what your fucking shows are about? Like, shouldn't I know without having to look at the first episode and hope that that gives me some insight? Because now you're really putting a lot of pressure on the description of your pilot episodes. Yeah, Just saying. <laughs> that's a good point. Like, is the whole show going to be her at her dad's house? Mm-hmm. It's like, right? it's like Eleanor showing up at the medium place and just spending the entire, it's like a spinoff of the good place titled the medium place. In right. Which nothing happens. Mm-hmm. This is what the episode's about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, every week is a different, uh, we watch made for love. What's that about? It's about the sex doll made for love. And each week we explore Ray Romano, uh, trying out a different sex position with, Hazel Green stepmom. <laughs> like, there's got to be more to it than than the series description provides. So I would score it uh, three limp Smurf penises. Oh, yeah, ooh, bringing back some old scoring limp ones that uh, predated our actual recordings. Yeah, <laughs> this is an inside joke that none of y'all are part of. Um, yeah, Smurf penises were our metric of rating things when we were trying to compare everything to what we thought was a perfect pilot, which was How I Met Your Mother, which is why the gold we led standard. with it. Yeah, the gold standard. Don't get us started there. Whatever that means. <laughs> it's a convoluted concept. Needless <laughs> to say, the idea was scrapped and... Uh, you know, now Here we are <laughs> yeah. 41 episodes later. How many episodes do we have? Uh, this is number 40. Wow. I know. Pat well on the done. back. We're still around. Don't pat yourself on the back. Now you're going to rattle the microphone. <laughs> no, right? But really or fall out of my chair. <laughs> That's a good one. Thanks. <laughs> That's funny. That's like layers of hilarious. Okay, so negative three Smurf penises for their stupid review. No, uh-huh. I'm sorry, three limp Smurf peni. And um, and I would say it's so hard to see anything on the HBO uh, app. Like, it's so small. We're watching the TV, and the TV's big enough. Yeah. And we're not that far away. No. It's not a giant room. No. And and I've, admittedly, my contacts have been giving me some troubles recently. Um. And pushing 30, I'm wondering if it's Guys. a me thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're catering to the semi-blind here. <laughs> HBO is an old person skewing network. Is it? Uh, yeah. I mean, think about it. Over the years, um, like who's been with HBO forever? It was the adults that could afford premium cable. <laughs> okay. Free streaming. Yeah, it, but like, you know, the rest of us enjoyed it. We just weren't adults yet. I don't know that. I, I never had exposure to it. So oh, the people that were talking okay. about it were like the actual adults. Touche. Um, so I, I think that if you looked at their demographics, they probably skew older. Um, right. So then to have this app where you cannot see anything, yeah. you can never see anything. Mm-hmm. And I it, it's leading to believe that they have a really pretty platform. Mm-hmm. Like it's clean. It's pretty. Yeah, I like the purple. Elegant. Yeah, exactly. It's elegant. And it feels like it's stylized to, to be something that an older skewing demo would like because it's so clean however it doesn't work very well it's just not a very good platform like the platform itself is pretty much garbage that doesn't (laughs) like it's clean and easy enough to look at hard to actually do anything with even though it's like not over over plumbed or anything like it's (laughs) it's pretty like you point and click you point and click but then you can't see shit nothing gets bigger pretty frustrating anyway that's what i got on that yeah no, definitely. However, the question is not do we cancel HBO Max because it's a stupid app. The question is, is there enough 
good content That's on true. HBO Max worth keeping it. After- I don't know. There might be a spike cancellation. <laughs> well, it's not a sudden rebrand. Us. Yeah. Um, so uh, knowing that it competed strongly in the genre category, yeah. maybe. Let's continue Absolutely. with our review of the three characters that we have names for. <laughs> uh, you know, we we have... Well, I wrote down Zelda prematurely, which ended up just being the robotic dolphin, but it was something that's kind of a proof of concept that they were working on for synchronizing two entities. So one of them was, I think, a robot. Like, I, it, that or it's, you know, a, a regular dolphin with a lot of tech hooked up to it. I, It just wasn't clear, to be honest, uh, but... Uh, I would guess that it is a robot and that they're synchronizing the two of them. So like one mood, like the mood of the, maybe the real dolphin should be, you know, the same as the other. I would bet based on what the rest of the show is about, that mm-hmm. if that was a prototype uh, made for love chip, mm-hmm. that it would be real dolphins because That's a robot would dolphin wouldn't have any feelings or emotions. And since dolphins are supposedly emotionally complex animals that mm-hmm. can communicate more sophisticatedly with each other than most non-thumbed creatures can. Um, my guess would be that, that those two dolphins are a prototype. And that's what I would think too. The only reason why I like, there was this weird whirring sound and there was something about the movement of the dolphin that just didn't seem right. So maybe it was, Hey guys, we couldn't get a real dolphin. (laughs) And so this is, yeah. And so it was supposed to be real, but like I absolutely took that as okay. So we've got a robot dolphin. What what are we getting out of this? Why some leftover animatronic dolphin from SeaQuest <laughs> that just hasn't aged all that well? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. We've got Lyle, who uh, we, he got the axe to the fingers. He and Fiffany um, mm-hmm. are the two who work for Google Tech, who seem to be somewhat sensible. He, they don't get any of the credit for any of the hard work, but they are very deeply involved in the work. So they know the setbacks in the project that they're working on. And they had noted that if they'd tried synchronization on user one, which is supposed to be, um, you know, our Hazel and Byron here. (laughs) Quit calling her the mother. (laughs) (laughs) Hazel. (sighs) Anyway. She'll uh, die. Yeah, she will die. Yeah. Yeah. That was literally, they said, um, one of them will die if they try to synchronize was what they had said so and they look shocked because he announces it as at a big stakeholder party that they're going to do yeah, it yeah that oh we're ready to do this tomorrow and this is right after he says to her they come up together and she's mm-hmm. she's schmoozing around the party yeah. she's like oh talking some trash they say I can't even tell what's real she goes right there you can see the corner where the clouds never move the pyramids fakes yeah. Disneyland ha huh? yeah and somebody says to her what's the big announcement she goes to be honest with you Craig I'm just here for the alcohol. Yeah, I love <laughs> so that. So she's a schmoozer. She's kind of nasty. And by kind of nasty, I just mean she's got attitude. So she's she's spitting game. Yeah. And and, uh, and he comes up to her, gives her a, a hug and a quick make out, and then says to her as he sort of squeezes her around the waist and moves on to go speechify to this group of people, he says, you've been lying to me. Yeah. And it was pretty ominous. He did that creepy thing that he does because he's a freaking creep <laughs> yeah he really is um and that's what sparks her breaking her prized cocktail dress out of its case and throwing herself into the pool to kill herself which we never got the resolution how 
throwing herself in the pool. With, well, maybe not to kill herself, but something wrapped around her neck. Yeah. Either to escape the hub, and she knows how to escape the hub. Sure looks like she's trying to weight herself down and commit it suicide. It made me wonder if maybe her getting out ended up being an accident. Yeah. Or if somebody was released. So yeah. after she gets out, Ooh. Lyle's the first person catching up to her. And we don't know. Mm-hmm. She cuts his fingers off yeah. in, in her escape. We do not know if he was there to protect her or if he was there to... he he's To would, crawl her in. Yeah, yeah, he would seem to be a good actor, but he's also somebody who's not getting enough credit from his boss. He, he and Fiffany seem to be his, his uh, Gogol's best generals that don't get any uh, praise for their hard works being intimately involved in the project. Also, so I don't know. Maybe he was really there to help her. Maybe she made the right move. He's pro- he's still connected to Gogol at this point. It seems really surprising to me with that being the risk that Gogol would go forward. Like I could see him risking, um, you know, the life of his wife because he seems like a problematic male character. Um, but him risking his own life seems surprising to me because he's, you know, like why have all of these, you know, big successes if you're not going to live to see them? Like, is it really for the sake of making this, you know? Land-breaking discovery, or did they indicate he would die, or they just indicated she would? Um, the direct quote was that one of them would die. Oh. It wasn't that she would die; it was that one of them would die. Oh, I'm sorry. You you had said moments before that that user one. I hadn't. I didn't uh, realize that they they are user one because oh, they're a couple, right? Because right. they don't get to be their own people. <laughs> right. Yeah, they they are user one. Yeah, it's gross. Well, we don't know. We don't know where it's going to go. Well, that's what he said, though. No, no. I get that, but we don't know if the intention was just we're going to connect and that's going to be it. I'm so ready to use this even though it's not ready yet. Something tells Mm -hmm. me that we'll get more on that and that he was never going to have been the one at risk. Something tells me. Something tells you, yeah. And I'll tell you, you know what it is it tells me? (laughs) What's that? The fact that he's a creepy fucking creep ass creep. (laughs) Yeah, and we talked about this before we started recording, but I don't think we talked about it after. Um, He was also on Aladdin. That's like the main thing I know him from. Um, He was the prince that Jasmine was not interested in because, big surprise, he was a problematic male. (laughs) (laughs) He's a creep. Because he's a creep. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. Soapbox down. (laughs) (laughs) I knew him from a show called Tell Me a Story. It was one of the early CBS All Access originals, and it was a modern-day portrayal of mm, like three little pigs. Mm-hmm. What do we call those? Little Red Riding Hood fairy tales. Yeah, fairy tales. Yeah, it was a. Those are uh, the Grimm's fairy tales. Great. Yeah, it was one of those. Uh, it was a take on those, and he was. Yeah. He he presents in the beginning as somebody who's a, a cool guy. He's a nice guy. He's. Uh, Charming, handsome, you know, he's a he's a leading man. Yeah. And then as it goes on, nope, he's a psycho. He's the wolf in the Little Red Riding Hood story. Um, so, yeah, wow, anyway, he's spoilers. always the same. <laughs> but, yeah, no, absolutely. CBS All Access original. Nobody's watched it. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty good, though. I actually would recommend taking a look. I uh, fell asleep through the last couple of episodes and don't know how it ends. That's hilarious. And you know who else was in it? Um, the the big, tall, strong one from Sex in the City. Oh, the guy? No. Oh, the the, the girl? Yeah. Oh, um, yes, yes, Samantha. 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 Oh, Samantha. Okay. Um, I think, I don't know, with the characters being what they are, we meet Raymond at the end. We have El Perro. Um, I, I Bennett. Think we're, Bennett? Mm-hmm. Who's that? Is that the kid? He is. 
he's by i wrote down byron's annoying goon the one who pressed for more honest answers on the orgasm review which was just like oh my god dude really how do you live with yourself (laughs) this is your job (laughs) i i don't think you saw because i think you were looking down writing something down sure uh he ran out of the hub like when you saw him in the window in the background you did see that uh, you, you had said I it. mentioned I, it because yeah, I thought yeah. you missed it. Yeah, he runs out. And I got the distinct sense either this is an absurd comedy. He's running out for no reason because it's kind of a little bit funny, which would make no sense. Uh, I think he's running out because it scares the shit out of him being there. And he's oh, like, I thought it was because he was super embarrassed because of his immediate line before that. Because they were talking about the orgasm review. And he was <laughs> trying to say easy peasy. What came out was edie peedy, easy pussy. And she goes, it's easy peasy. <laughs> so like, oh. And so like he's horrified and runs. That's how I read that. <laughs> Didn't he say eaty pussy, easy pussy? Yeah, eaty yeah. peedy, easy pussy. It's it's easy peasy. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was it, it was eaty peedy because I heard. I thought I heard, it was eaty peedy, easy okay. pussy because it's like the evolution of it. He, I don't think maybe he does at one point. I heard eaty pussy. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. Did. I don't know what it was though. Well, he did m- multiple variations of it. So maybe that yeah. was in there. But yeah. It was, yeah, it was ridiculous. He was just really struggling with saying it. A very Freudian slip, if you will. Um... So you think he ran out in shame and embarrassment? Shame and embarrassment. And if that's not why he ran out, that's why he should have run out. (laughs) Taking Um, a stance. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see if we get more of him. I don't think (laughs) we're going to get that much more of him. Yeah, I Uh, mean, hopefully she stays escaped long enough that that's not the case, but... Um, I have a feeling we'll see him at least a little bit more. A little bit. I don't know that it'll amount to much. We'll see. Sure. Um, I, I would like, I guess I would like him to be a little bit more uh, interesting than just young perv. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gobbling up Gogol's goonery. Uh, True. Today's episode wasn't about him. Yeah, I'm I okay guess, with that. I guess I like this. <laughs> You're probably right, and I didn't make that connection because I forgot about the easy pussy, but yeah. I prefer the idea... That he ran away in fear because the hub is creepy and he knows Gogol's a creep. But uh, That would be really great. but And it wouldn't be in keeping with what we've seen, how people respond to Gogol mm-hmm. so far at this point. Yeah, I don't feel like everyone realizes how creepy he is. Like, there's some sort of... Like, because everyone who... Like, the guy who randomly gets the phone call because somehow Gogol yeah. knows where Hazel is. Um, well, let's let's rate characters first, and then I think we're getting into plot slash hook. So, okay, rate characters. Yes, pass fail. Um, I, you know, we didn't get that many. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kristen, the the mother. Uh, yeah, Kristen, <laughs> Kristen Milioti. Yeah, uh, Milioti. Uh, I don't know how she pronounced it. It might be. We've cut, covered our bases. I think. <laughs> you want to do one more for? Milioti. My, <laughs> there you go. Milioti uh, is <laughs> always like I always am excited to see her. Super digger. Oh, yeah. Uh, lover, and I think she's a monumental talent. Oh, yeah. Uh, who is like a famous TV actress now, but, and, and maybe, and nothing wrong with being a famous TV actress. Mm-hmm. I guess, I guess when I see her, I see a movie star, and I hope that uh, the world sees her the same way, or that Hollywood sees her the same way. Whatever her goals are, I want to see her reach the top of the top. I think she's amazing. You think a movie star's the top? Is that it? I think in the world of actors that they aspire to be movie stars. I feel like that's the case and I kind of feel like I'm wondering if that trend is going to change a lot because Streaming. when's the last time you saw a good movie too? 
I don't know. I still feel like they're doing better with series and the long form storytelling is becoming a lot more popular. Um, no, you're right. I mean, it, well, you and I know that where mm-hmm. we care to spend our time is on streaming. Yeah. Um, and they are releasing new streaming movies. Yeah. I, well, I'm, I've, I don't want to indicate which is which based yeah. on the trends or whatever. Sure. I just would like to see her working forever and to, to reach the top of her goals. Yeah, max a, stardom. Yeah, whatever that means. May, winning an Oscar, um, quitting early so it doesn't eat your soul. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I want that for you, Kristen. <laughs> and uh, and I <laughs> and as much as we hate on Gogol because he's a fucking creep, uh, I'm really like I'm really enamored by the guy. Like he's so weird. He mm-hmm. makes me so uncomfortable. He does a really good job. He does it so good. Yeah, like he's like. It's Anthony really... Hopkins playing Hannibal Lecter, and it's like, yes, is there more of this? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's really good at doing doing like it's it's it takes a really impressive guy to be handsome, but yet so goddamn creepy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's really it takes talent. Uh, and then Raymond, you know, we got Tiffany, we got um, Lyle. I'm I'm not. Who knows how significant they're going to be in the scheme of yeah. things? And I'm not really that interested. Um, they're subordinate characters, and mm-hmm. they feel like subordinate characters. But uh, Raymond, I think that's going to be a fun dynamic to oh, introduce yeah. him. I love juxtapose, him in everything. In. Yeah, just juxtapose her early life with her life with the billionaire husband. That's going to be pretty funny stuff. You know, I don't know why I thought Ray Romano. No, this isn't comedy. Yeah, I don't know. My bad. <laughs> Sorry, Ray. Sorry. Because he's not funny. Everybody else in that show is funnier than he was. No, he's always funny. He's a a really subtle kind of funny when he's at his best to me. Because I wasn't a huge... Like, my family loved... Everybody loves Raymond. Mm. Um, He plays a really good um, serious role, but plays it comedically, if that makes sense. Like, he's just... his His mannerisms are kind of weird. So, in this thing, he played a guy who had autism. So, I don't think he was playing himself. So which one? They had... Um, you know, a boy who was on the spectrum and he was relating to, I think it was atypical. Um, and he's relating to Ray Romano's character who, um, is autistic and Ray's character found that it is easier to socialize by being a photographer because then you can still be in the social settings and you have a reason to talk to people. So he's like teaching this kid, you know, but he's still comedic. It's a very serious role, but it's comedic. So I guess I kind of expected that for this, but yeah, in in looking back at some of the 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 head thing, it it falling the trapdoor falling on her head and kind of giving mm-hmm. it a little bounce. That was yeah. <laughs> There's the comedy. Um, okay, but I would say that I really uh, am dead set on who they gave us, the characters that yeah. they gave us. Some of it's you know points to the actors. Some of it's the tone of the show. Some of it's just the weird stuff that I'm expecting from them. Uh, who they've given us and who I'm thinking are the ones that we need to look at is really just those three at this mm-hmm. point in time. Yeah, those are uh, main guys. Yeah, and I feel strongly about them, so I, I would too. give that an easy pass. Definitely. Okay. Cool. So that brings us into plot, and we were kind of going back. So the reason I pulled us to judge our characters is we were going to talk about kind of a major plot point, which is, you know, it kind of seems like something weird is already going on before this introduction to 
she is going to be user one or they are going to be user one. And the first tiny subtle hint, so two of them, and I told you I was going to talk about the introduction again, and here we go. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't think about it until this happened. She picked up a piece of glass on the ground um, near the pool and just kind of inspects it. And all of a sudden it has like a quick flashback of a glass being broken next to it and then flashes back. And it's kind of like she wasn't supposed to remember that. Like there's memory tampering, which then makes me call back to the advertisement, which she seems all too willing to be a part of. Is it possible that there was some manipulation of her in that? And, and you know, if that makes sense. So if, if it's already kind of happening that she's got some, me- does not remember recording this advertisement and is already she's, a part of this. She was in Stepford Wives mode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I didn't realize that was a flashback. I thought it was a stylistic point where she was looking at that and her surprise at seeing that knocked over the glass. There was no sound. It was very strange. Um, yeah, it was a flashback. I, it was like, oh, shit, this was what happened. Right, and there, yeah. then nobody spoke because I didn't realize it was a flashback. Mm-hmm. Nobody spoke about it then. Yeah. And it was like, well, that was weird. What, like, what, what happened, happened there? And then we didn't go back to it. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a really good point. Yeah, that now, weird. now that scene, which I forgot all about, or that moment, makes a lot more sense to me. Mm-hmm. It's it's a piece of evidence. Um, yeah. So then we kind of come in on she's finally escaped. She's out of the. You know, she just axed what's his dude. You know, Lyle's fingers off. Mm-hmm. You know, she's running down the street, and all of a sudden, like she goes to go like put in a well. She gets a ride. She goes, <laughs> gets a gets a quarter to use the telephone. And before she puts her quarter in the payphone, which exists somewhere in modern time, supposedly. Small town. <laughs> Nevada. Uh, must be. Um, it rings before she can even put it in there. And it's like, all right, that's eerie. How is he tracking her? Then she walks by a car. The car alarm starts going off. She keeps going. More car alarms go off. Then a guy comes up and like is saying that her you know that her husband is on the phone he says it's byron gogol it's like fuck she's already being tracked (laughs) and my note for it was does she already have the chip question mark question mark (laughs) and the line you know the thing that he finally has the guy tell him is or tell her is you're already made for love yeah and it confirms my worst suspicion which is she hasn't actually really escaped it's already in her the technology's there so who knows what needs to happen next if it's a proximity thing to link them Mm -hmm. or you know just time baby uh who knows but it's horrifying so you know i uh as far as our plot goes i'm i'm really feeling like uh this is one hell of a mystery that we're going to unravel there are a lot of question marks um you know to be answered one of them being how the hell did she actually end up getting out of there? Was that a suicide attempt? Did she know her way out? Did she have help? Um, I'm kind of thinking because we shoot directly to Lyle um, after she goes in with the thing, I'm kind of wondering if she did have help, that somebody was trying to get her out of there. Um, I but think Ly- she would know that, Yeah, right? I think Lyle was a good guy. Mm-hmm. Well, no, she wouldn't have necessarily known if somebody was pulling levers trying to help her yeah. escape. Uh, Lyle, I think, was a good actor trying to help her out. When you mentioned that moment, uh, the moment, you're, yeah. you're, tell her, he says, we don't see Gogol. Mm-hmm. But they do this thing that I thought was pretty funny. Tell him yeah. to fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off! What do you want me to say to her? <laughs> you know, when we're doing that yeah. back and forth. That, that was, I thought that was, I like the setup of it. Mm-hmm. Communicating yeah. through him. Um, and having him participate, like, with 
with uh, exuberance too. Like he was happy to go both ways with it. He really didn't have a dog in the fight, but he was representing the both with, with um, exuberance. Uh, and then he says, you're made for love. And she stops cold. And, and that's the moment. And then she's pissed. Then we see the view that they have of him looking through her eyes through, yeah. the, through his phone. We finally see him in the car driving somewhere. Um, and she's breaking the window. And then he acts like, well, I just lost control of her, which I thought was weird. Yeah. So they know where she's at at all points in time. Anyway, so I don't necessarily understand the, the specifics yet of, of where we're going with it. But we ha- what I wanted to get into was uh, I kept saying, and you kept, uh, you redirected me appropriately, but I think agreed mm-hmm. all the times that I kept saying, oh, she's a robot. Oh, she's a robot and doesn't know it. Oh, I don't think she's a robot at all. No, no, she's not a yeah. robot. But you said, no, not robot. I think it's a chip and she's yeah. herself. But we were, you know, I think we had the sense early on mm-hmm. she's already Altered. being manipulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Absolutely. then as it goes on, you realize she's just sort of been a, a semi-willing participant for a while. Like, like yeah. she agreed to this, but is this shit really what she wants to be doing? Um, and then it's feeling like she's maybe not a, a willing participant, or this isn't exactly what she agreed to. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, you know, I, th- I think we already had a sense that the alteration had already happened, which didn't take away from the confirmation of it being, uh, ooh, a little bit of a head scratcher moment. Yeah. Um, it was, it was well done. I thought it was well put together in that regard. The the reveal even though I think we were already suspicious of it. Yeah, definitely. But it's because he was so creepy, because her lifestyle looked so miserable, mm-hmm. although she played the part well. Yeah. You know, the thing, I'm going to go back to the thing with um, the orgasm mm-hmm. review and him telling her when it actually happened, uh, you're the one who matters. Yeah. You're the one who's the test case. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't his wife. He's not in love. There's something about her DNA or her or the her brain structure that made her a, a good test subject for yeah. installing the chip. Like like this is not a real marriage. He didn't give a shit. I'm not even convinced that she's the first wife. I actually wrote down what was married life before it went Stepford because I'm curious. Like and I imagine I I I have confidence that the show will cover it. Um how she fell into this trap. Did she, was it really love at some point? Did they fall in love at a research center? Did they kind of both just agree on, you know, that they wanted to be partners in research and then, you know. Was she qualified for anything? I have no idea. Uh, I think based on her family history where she accidentally drinks her, swigs her dad's moonshine, mm-hmm. I think it's more Fifty Shades of Grey where the creepy billionaire comes stalking her mm-hmm. um, and woos her over into this lifestyle that while it was fun and exciting, it was fun and exciting until yeah. it becomes all his work. It's all, the whole world is his stage. Yeah. He turns on the news and all that they're talking about is... Is that the premise of Google performance? No. Oh. Have you seen it? No. I have oh. no real interest except... Watch the Honest trailer. It'll tell you everything okay. you need to yeah. know. Yeah, I don't want to like really engage with it, but like... I just want a quick answer. <laughs> you don't have to give it to me. Yeah. That's a great. That's a great, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's a great referral. Um, so plot wise, uh, this is where I'm again going to refer to our couch points. HBO Max as an app, as a platform is weak. Shit's content. Weak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> content. Uh, where we're watching uh, her strolling up to dad's house. With so many questions that we have still, 
with the premise, I think, clearly established, hmm. um, do we feel that the end of the episode gives us a concise idea of where the plot shall take us? Um, and as much as we should know, because it is largely, I think, supposed to be like, obviously it's not giving away the ending, but I feel like I know the questions we're going to seek to answer over the course of the next season, at least. That's a good way of putting it. The questions, the mysteries mm-hmm. were, were well presented to us so mm-hmm. that we know what questions we want answered. Exactly. Because we have no That's idea. Clear. You have exactly. no clear sense of where, where we're going with this at all, right? Uh, I mean, no clear sense for sure. Because obviously, like, the destination is the surprise. Um, this is very much one of those. Kind of like Stranger Things. If you saw where that was going, yeah. like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> HBO Max would lead, would lead you believe this is it. She escaped her her mm-hmm. ruthless husband, and now she's going to hang out at the trailer park with his with her dad and his girlfriend for the next several seasons. So, so HBO Max. This is why I would like a, a series description, mm-hmm. not just the episode description. That's, I think they used the same one. I'd, I'm not convinced that that's actually a series description. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was different, but it was just they moved a couple of the words around. Mm-hmm. It's and her tech billionaire husband. Tech billionaire husband isn't really a term. Like those are words that inform your understanding of something but yeah. that's like not a sentence her tech millionaire husband that was the series description and then the the episode well anyway i'm getting too far into it what i mean to say is um hbo max hasn't allowed me to have any idea of where we're going with this which i'm kind of okay with mm-hmm. the premise uh that is given to us in the description i've kind of just dismissed it and I'm happy to dismiss it, mm-hmm. but having watched it, where I expect we're going to go with this is that Gogol's going to be coming after her. Oh yeah, um, she's gonna. We're not just going to stay in this one place. We're going to be on the move. She's going to end up at some point needing to be facing down Gogol Industries, Gogol Tech. Um, and what what I feel that I just saw is uh, the first act of a thirteen act movie or however many episodes we're going to get yeah um and that works for me i think it's like you said like you said best they have presented the questions well Mm -hmm. that we want answers to yeah that's what the following is going to be and i'm and i think i'm going to be surprised by it yeah because i really from moment to moment don't know what to expect from this show yeah, but it's ah, oh, there wasn't a piece of it where I was like I I didn't feel like my time was being wasted. I didn't feel bored. Um this was really good. Um usually plot often loses me in a pilot, especially if it's um a lot of times with sci-fi there's just so much setup to be done. Yeah. Um so it's really a daunting task anyways. Um but this just did it so well. I mean, I think that the advertisement in the front, you're right, was a really great an odd um, introduction into it, but it, it gave us all we needed to know right up front. So mm. now I know I'm suspended for the correct, you know, <laughs> I've got the correct suspension of disbelief, etc. Here's where we're at with technology. Okay, I know exactly what's going on. And it set the quirky tone. And I mm-hmm. think what I was asking at the beginning. Yeah. Or I guess the middle took us kind of a while. Um, <laughs> the quirky tone. <laughs> the Jeremy I thought, bear me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the tone was quirky. Yeah. I thought it was a quirky, quirky show, um, which I personally love. Which, in a different way, this was darker. Mm-hmm. In a different way, I thought our show last week, Avenue 5, was quirky, but more colorful and dumb. Yeah. Right? Um, so, that leaves us with, it sounds like, two very successful, uh, yes, will pass uh, the plot. 
Yeah. As successful piece of the pilot. Absolutely. Uh, which then brings us to the make or break. <laughs> the hook. Oh, man. Are you hooked? <laughs> Absolutely. I put holy forking shirt balls because <laughs> really fell in a good place. Um, yeah, it was that whole, does she already have the chip? Because I was writing it down, of course, as we're going, not knowing if I was going to get the answer. And then I, you know, then I wrote the quote, you're already made for love. Holy forking shirt. Like the whole time I'm just like, fuck. Mm, so this is the bad place. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Crossover. This has been great. <laughs> um, when I was making my way through my pink card, my salmon card. Salmon? Yeah. I was getting to, I was working my way through my thoughts. And I guess what I came down to is... Yes, I'm hooked. Why am I hooked? It was a pretty soft ending. Don't really care about Ray Romano's character. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm happy he's here. I'm excited to see what's coming from it. But I'm engaged in the episode. It's very engaging. Yeah. Boom. Meet the parents. Made for love. I understand how the um, sex doll would fit in with the motif mm -hmm. here of made for love. That's noteworthy. There's So I'm sure there's layers to what we've seen well, just right now. Well, it's a reminder right that it's a dark comedy because it... It takes things like this to remind someone like me because it just, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's very on theme. Yeah. I mean, made for love. Oh, yeah. absolutely. So that's, so, so I think there's probably layers to this. Mm -hmm. I think there's, you know, there's a lot of interesting things happening here. Obviously, we're going to get a lot more flashbacks, I would think, with early life with dad. Why are they estranged? What, you know? Yeah. What happened there? But do I, like, is that what hooks me? No. Right now, that's really hardly the most interesting piece. But on the whole, uh, in style and in tone, it's like really isn't like anything else I've ever seen before. Yeah, it's it's pretty different. Yeah, very unique. In um, it kind of reminds me. Did you ever see Upload? No, I would say it. it's very. It reminds me of Upload. It's an Amazon Prime original. If you do not have Amazon Prime anymore, um, you let me know. We will arrange to have you watch that because that one is super worth it. The It's very binge-worthy. Very, cool. very binge-worthy. I right. think you and Elise will binge it in a matter of days. I'll have my people call your people. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> we'll arrange something. Cool. Yeah. So this is one that in completing it, like, I really kind of need Elise to wrap up Lucifer because mm -hmm. I can hate it and I have no interest in continuing with yeah. it. Yeah. So that we can start watching this. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, 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 but Black Sails. I started Black Sails. Oh, it, that's yeah. a you one, not a I made guys. a concerted app. Well, See, here's the thing. The guys in it are attractive enough that I think she'd really get an interest in it if she got past, you know, got into it. Which is funny because everybody being pretty in that show is why I don't want to watch it. I know. It. It you takes have me a out thing. of it immediately. So get over Silver being pretty, okay? <laughs> Silver being pretty is what bugs everyone about him. I think he's supposed to be like this boyish, charming thing who kind of annoys you. Like, that's very intentional. It's the girls. Like, the girls have all of their teeth. They're all of their teeth and they have <laughs> perky, healthy looking breasts. Okay. Wow. Sure. These are pirates. I mean, you're specifically talking about a lot of the ladies in the brothel. Like, a lot of them work the brothel. <laughs> <laughs> Max, for example. Yeah. I mean, there's Even a the brothel girls. Those days, Nassau, that island, that time, they'd have been nasty. Hmm. I mean, not saying I wouldn't have a good time on my visits to Nassau. Yeah. Okay. So I will say it's people are pretty in it. 
think of it as it, it that is the fairy tale element to it <laughs> plus yeah, right. the plus the treasure island bit but <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> anyway um yeah no getting around to uh we're we're in the middle we're good. in that time between shows mm-hmm. we finished There's a lull yeah we finished the good place which by the end of The Good Place, I just wanted more and more of The Good Place. That's why I watched Cheers. I wanted more Ted Danson, and I never saw him as a young guy. <laughs> never saw him as a young guy. That's funny because it's true. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I mean, it's a good, interesting yeah. point because he's been old forever, famous forever. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I know Ted Danson best, and I know Cheers mm-hmm. not like I know Cheers well enough. You know, yeah. I, I know Cheers. It's a staple. It's a landmark of American television. Yeah. Of course, I know Cheers. I remember Cheers toward the of end course. of its first run. <laughs> I remember it when it was in recent syndication. Like I remember yeah. Cheers has been around my whole life. Um, but Becker, which was his 1990s, uh, late 90s um, show that hmm. he was in, was the, the one I probably know him from better. And he's not okay. the ladies' man. He is a crabby... Um, like middle-aged single doctor in New York City. That's always he's always ticked off by something. Loved him in Becker. So there's all these hmm. different faces. You might of, have picked my next bin. <laughs> there you go. There's all these different faces of Ted Danson, and yeah. it's like every every gen every living generation has some kind of connection to him. He's like he's like uh, Robin Williams in a way. Mm, where yes. yeah, somebody made the point when Robin Williams passed. They said Robin Williams has been famous for so long and he's been such a beloved person for so long that you could kind of tell somebody's age by the thing that they know Robin Williams best from. Was it Night of the Museum? Aladdin and Mrs. Doubtfire. There you go. Exactly. Mrs. (laughs) Doubtfire. Forget about Aladdin because cartoons, so he's not really in it. But you're totally right. At the Mm -hmm. height of his fame, too. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire is is what I know him from. Our parents know him from Mork Uh and Mindy. So when you look at Becker and think he's been... Fame. I'm sorry, not Becker. There you go. See, when you look at Ted Danson and see him famous in so many yeah. different decades and so different in each of them, he's really yeah. I love that guy. It's really funny because there's an episode of Cheers where they age him up, like it's supposed to be like a, a shot of the future of he and Diane, mm-hmm. and he doesn't look like you know old. <laughs> he doesn't look like old Michael. Ted Danson. Yeah, it was he like, look like Michael. Well, he doesn't look like old Ted Danson at all. I was like, you got the hair all wrong. They did a dark gray. He went totally white. <laughs> and what is he kind of baldish, though, in, in that I flash don't, forward? Oh, no. Because okay. he's very... So Sam, the character, is very vain about his hair. So I think that would have been a whole story on its own if they made him bald. I remember the moment you're talking <laughs> yeah. about, and I'm trying to visualize it. Uh, and it's a little bit distant. Yeah. And I think so that we're not up close looking at bad prosthetic oh were they okay the whole point of the episode was like what are you going to regret and it's it's right before she leaves the show so if you haven't seen cheers and and then they dance don't they yeah yeah so So, you do remember i do remember it and i i you know however i don't remember the exact angle it was a sitcom too on a Mm -hmm. stage so you know maybe it just wasn't that close because that's how it was yeah um but i don't remember what his hair was like oh as somebody who took serious note of it (laughs) Yeah, dark gray hair, and I was like, uh, nope, you didn't, you didn't see that coming, I guess, guys. <laughs> White. <laughs> so I'm suffering through the end of this second half of the season of Lucifer right now. <sighs> it was such a dumb show. Uh, yeah, I really hate it. I'm, the second season, I'm, you made it that no, far. No, 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 no. I haven't seen any of it. The second part of, I think, the first part got disrupted during 2020, mm-hmm. um, and then Elise tells me, I don't know, it, it like so the be- season begins on episode 10. 
So that we're wrapping up the last yes. six episodes of the season. So I'm pretty sure she's a fan of the show because she's got the gooey eyes for Lucifer. Oh, yeah. That's which I can it. live with. In fact, I hope that's the reason because I don't get it. Because <laughs> otherwise super, it's cool. It is such a time-wasting. Like, it's such a waste of time to watch this show. So how much have you actually seen? A couple episodes. Three, four. Okay, so she's starting you from the beginning or just no. the beginning of... Okay, good. Oh, good, good. From where... The new episodes. We're watching Ooh. the new episodes. That's I why I transitioned. I was really worried that you watched it... Like, that she was having you start it from the beginning. Because I, I ended up pulling it on my phone when you mentioned it. And I was like, yeah, I made it eight, eight episodes in and I yeah. took it off of all of my lists. It's we, ta- we talked about it and I was willing to put in some effort. And we watched the first episode. We watched the second episode. Then it was like, hey, I'll bet you want to finish the show, right? And I don't, so let's finish the show. Yeah, right. So we'll see. Um, I'm dabbling in Handmaid's Tale, which oh, I so good. Oh, really love it. Yeah, I want to spend more they time. They just with it. finished the fourth season, and it. I actually shook. I mean, that's not super crazy for the, but they're better episodes. You kind of shake from the. Did, it's did, just did a it lot. knock you over? Did it, you it, fall down? Oh my god, I hate you! <laughs> I hate you! I'll never live it down. Oh my goodness. No. Uh, no. <laughs> no, it was just, it kind of. I feel like the show does really well with trauma response. Mm. How people respond to trauma. And it was, it was very emotional to watch. Very exciting, but very emotional. So I'm excited to hear what you think when you get there. I think, I'm pretty sure I know what your reaction will be. I almost want to write it down. And like write it, it down, <laughs> and then we'll talk about it in two, two or three years when I finally get caught up. Oh my god! Please don't make me wait that long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm, there's that that mm-hmm. I would like to watch in a more concerted effort. It's yeah. dark too, though, so you mm-hmm. kind of like to come out of that a little bit and do something dumb. Yeah. Uh, and uh, working on I'm working on getting sort of into the language of. Um, black sails oh and i told you that after i watched the documentary on pirates i was suddenly understood the story that black sails was trying to tell yes it really helps to have some historical background for that show Mm -hmm. because otherwise we're just pirates hanging out at the pirates of the caribbean bar yeah (laughs) i mean for anyone who just wants to stick it out because it's pirates and it's well done um not knowing what they're getting into you know there's that but yeah Yeah. i didn't realize it was well done until watching the documentary yeah then it hit me oh so this is like really well done (laughs) yeah and and in keeping with the history Mm -hmm. got it yeah uh anyway what are you working on uh still just binging through cheers i am uh i think i've got two more seasons left i think i'm i'm plugging through nine so after that, it sounds like I'll be watching Becker. <laughs> um, I actually do want to binge through Made for Love. I need to watch something more current. Like, Cheers has been really good, and I love it. But it's been a minute since I've watched anything worth keeping, like, an actual streaming platform for. <laughs> As somebody who has, like, three of them now. Four. That's the Prime, new world, though. Prime, Hulu, Netflix, and HBO Max. Yeah. Oh, and Disney. Damn, oh. I got a lot of stuff, and I'm not watching. I'm just watching Cheers on Hulu, guys. <laughs> that is the new world, and that's still the beauty of streaming. Yeah, is when you have um, old TV, direct TV, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That like really is not going to exist here soon. And they did not stick with the times <laughs> and embrace the future of streaming. Yeah, right. And incorporate all these things under their platform to make it really seamless. Mm-hmm. Um, 
$150 for TV that you don't want to watch. Yeah. Versus $50 for TV that you do want to watch that you're not oh, watching. Oh, that's a good point. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is like the modern world, the streaming wars, the modern streaming landscape. I'm excited to see how it evolves and changes. And I think the YouTube platform is going to like take over the world where they're, you're going to be able to access everything differently because that's what's lacking right now. Everything's too fragmented. Yeah. There's more apps than you even realize. There's more shows than you even realize. Yeah, you you basically need a service that helps you figure out the best way to watch things. Yeah. DirecTV um, should have been on that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Really should have. You guys should be basically the TV guide. Right. <laughs> like, we need a TV guide again. We suddenly have a, an extreme need for this. Mm-hmm. Because and, it's changing so often, yeah. too. Like, um... I know that for at least a while, Yellowstone was on Peacock TV. Now, I don't know if Paramount has completely pulled it over. I would imagine they're going to, though, like if they haven't already. I, I say this with some confidence, mm-hmm. meaning if I'm wrong, I'd be surprised. But yeah. I guess it's possible. Yeah. I uh, am, am almost positive that P, uh, Paramount Plus has mm-hmm. Yellowstone. Okay, yeah. Um, so one other thing though is that Netflix still had um, the last Star Trek we watched, Enterprise. I think they still have all of them. Do they? Okay. Yeah. So and it might be a matter of contracts wrapping yeah. up. I, I suspect that it probably is. Maybe there's some logic to let's keep it keep it accessible. Yeah. Because they don't have the new stuff. So let's keep the old stuff out there. We're still getting paid for it anyway. Yeah. We don't necessarily need. Um, Paramount Plus doesn't necessarily survive. And I don't know this to be true or not. Um, Paramount Plus doesn't necessarily survive on reruns of Star Trek. Yeah. Paramount Plus survives on continuing that forever. I wonder if it almost serves as having your, uh, like an advertisement for your platform on somebody else's platform. I would say it does. <laughs> because, because if you want more, yeah, that's where you have to go. Because if you're going to hear there's new Star Treks that they're worth catching up on, mm-hmm. and then you're going to be on Netflix saying, oh, okay, I hear that I need to watch Starflight. Star Trek, and then you're listening to our podcast, learning how to introduce somebody to mm-hmm. Star Trek, which has never been done before, <laughs> which has never been attempted by anybody. Never. Um. <laughs> there aren't hundreds of podcasts already working on that specific thing. Yeah, there aren't. There are not. No. <laughs> um, there anyway. are at least 50. <laughs> it's, it's, um, I feel like people are bad at it, though, because every yeah. uh, Star Trek fans want people to love star trek the way they do mm-hmm. that's the that's biggest problem wrong. with i think sci-fi fandoms in general yeah. is that people get too precious with the material and you can't love it for your own thing uh we're taking it off but before we run out of here please continue to spend a bunch of time thinking about us by going to <laughs> pilotsthepodcast.com and listening to all of our other podcasts unless you're already there then just keep doing what you're doing you weirdo uh, go, go to at Pilots the Podcast on Instagram or at Pilots the Podcast on Facebook. Like, subscribe, share, follow, or do whatever it is that you're supposed to do on the given platform that you're staring at. And go to Twitter if you so dare to Pilots the Pod. That's at Pilots the Pod. That's it. That's it. <laughs> 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 as you can tell not our favorite platform and we got a, a bum name so a uh, bum handle yeah reminds me of Spreaker <laughs> those that we do not speak of cancel culture <laughs> I prefer listening on Spotify, Spotify. it's good yeah uh, plug for Spotify they're not paying us yet, yet. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening I'm Riker and I'm Shmi and this is Pilots Pilots